The reading today is from the book of Jonah. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah set out to flee for Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid his fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and such a mighty storm came upon the sea that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried to his God. They threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. Jonah, meanwhile, had gone down into the hold of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. The captain came and said to him, What are you doing sound asleep? Get up, call on your God. Perhaps the God will spare us a thought so that we do not perish. Then they said to him, Tell us why this calamity has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? I am a Hebrew, he replied. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were even more afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he told them so. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea was growing more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great storm has come upon you. So they picked Jonah up and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. But the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Then the Lord spoke to the fish, and it spewed forth Jonah out upon the dry land. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, is this not... Is is, O oh Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O oh Lord, oh Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals. Word of God, word of life.
After Kevin O'Brien, a Jesuit priest, professed his vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, he was sent to study philosophy and theology at Fordham University. The summer after his first year, he asked to go to Bolivia to enrich his Spanish and to learn from the Jesuits there. Instead, his superior said, Kevin, we are sending you to India to work in a leprosy hospital. Kevin was not interested in India or working with a leprosy community, but eventually he reluctantly obliged. Think for a moment about a time when you were called or told to go do something you did not want to do. This is exactly where the story that Alan just read begins. God calls Jonah to Nineveh, a city that was not hospitable. These people were enemies of Jonah's people, having afflicted much pain upon them. Jonah is called to preach a sermon there and call the people to repent and turn back to God. Jonah's not interested in this invitation. So Jonah instead heads to Tarshish, the farthest point from Nineveh. He says under his breath as he heads away, sorry God, choose to skip this one. Too hard, not something I'm interested in. I am out of here. Well, you just heard how the story goes. Jonah boards a boat, gets caught in a storm, and asks the crewmates to throw him overboard. He's caught in the belly of a fish for three days and eventually gets spit out. God calls him again with the same invitation as before. Go to Nineveh and preach forgiveness. And after all the trauma of avoidance, Jonah reluctantly goes. And again under his breath, he preaches a nine-word sermon. And the city responds. His presence to the place God called him to was enough to change the course of the city and its people. But Jonah is still not happy about it. He didn't want to be a part of this transformation. And so he gets into a heated conversation with God about the work to which he was called. He thinks God is just way too generous and forgiving. He would rather die than be involved in making a future for something he doesn't want to do and with people that he doesn't like. And there, Jonah names it. And God's response to him, is it right for you to be angry, Jonah? Should I not be concerned about Nineveh as much as I am concerned about you? Not only was God's mercy wide enough to save people who were living a life of injustice and sin, God's mercy was also precise enough to stay with Jonah in his dramatic flee to the place in which he was called to be. I am sure 
You have a story on your heart where life took a turn in a direction you preferred not to go, a disruption to your plan, a diagnosis and treatment, a miscarriage, an ending of a relationship, getting laid off from work you have known, not getting a class you wanted or in the college of your choice, or maybe it was a worldwide pandemic that forced closure of school, church, and many other activities you relied on, or maybe it was ignoring a nudge to do something or reach out to someone who needed to hear from you, or maybe even today you are still avoiding something that you know needs to happen. I think about Mount Olivet over the years, and especially over this last year. Last January, when we left our annual meeting, we were all called, specifically the council, to tend to our budget and to set a course for the future, which required analysis and really hard decisions about the future of the church. It was clear we were being called to go there and to make a really difficult decision to close a chapter in the 20-year ministry of the Child Learning Center. And honestly, it would have been easier to get preoccupied with something else to avoid the questions at hand. The call to something especially difficult is never a straight line, and Jonah embodies exactly what our human bodies do. We want to quit. We want to run to the farthest place from where we need to go, hoping it will all just go away. But did you hear in this story that God is up on the balcony of this world, looking down at the needs of the whole, and also sitting right next to us as we try to squirm away? And God's mercy always catches us, even when we run or deny the work at hand. Somehow there is a divine arrow pointing us towards a future, even when we can't exactly make out where that will land. We are so excited, Nolan, to be here for your baptism. And the promise that you will receive at the font today, Nolan, as water is splashed on your head, is a promise that is also sealed on your heart. Because, Nolan, you will be a part, like we all are, of speaking and acting and loving and forgiving in this world. And when that is all too much, God will say, Nolan, I am still there for you in life and death and calling you back. And along the way, Nolan, I will bring you into community right here at Mount Olivet to be with you, to know and love you, and through it all, you will be given a place to both give and receive and to grow in your relationship with the people around you, to grow in relationship with yourself, and to grow in your relationship with God. This month, this fall, especially in October, we will tell stories and hear about the impact that Mount Olivet has had for the last 140 years with the particularity of the impact and the vision of what's happening right now. And at the end of the month, 
Each of you will be asked to invest financially in what God has in store for Mount Olivet in this next year. Last week, between services, the church council shared an update, and it is clear it will take all of us to contribute financially and with our presence to the vision ahead for this next year. And we all have a place in making this vision take root, just like Jonah. And what do you receive when you invest in this church, this movement of love and mercy in the world? It may not be what you expect, and it may not be always what you like, but God will be there, and within the affirming or your reluctant yes, because Mount Olivet has a future, and so do each of you. And God won't let us figure it out alone. We are brought into community, and we are changed by each other, entangled in this mercy of God that will not let the world be until all know of the expansiveness and the closeness of God's love. My mentor, Tom Zarth, a pastor who taught me how to be a pastor, says this, the Holy Spirit has and will always call and gather people together for their sake and the sake of the gospel. Being part of a church gives us people to interact with, things to be grateful for, offers us meaning and even sometimes joy, and causes us to think and maybe even change and in a way make a difference or benefit others. I invite you to think about whether and how you will be a part and invest in Mount Olivet. And I hope you will ponder these questions as you consider your financial support. So Kevin O'Brien did go to India and engage with a leprosy hospital. And he writes, in my reluctant going to India, I embraced my weakness which left more room for God and others to give me strength. I met a faithful and loving God who broadens our vision and breaks our hearts. This merciful God seeks to liberate us from anything that gets in the way of loving ourselves, loving others, and loving God. May you hear today that prophets and all of us are far from perfect. We are defiant and can be curmudgeons. And those prophets continue to be our teachers because we can see ourselves in our church and their ways. And they remind us again and again that God calls and won't let us go in our strife because there is a vision for which we are called to participate in as God holds us and saves us and the world. May this promise find you wherever you go, and even here. Amen.